Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Oops, More Anime, where we pick a particular show and, and go a little deeper on it as we're continuing our coverage of Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. I'm Six Detmar. I'm Alan Ibrahim. And we are... We're both from Scanline Media, but you're also from Chats. So you get two networks. Gee, Alan. Gee, 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 baby, baby. How come your mom lets you have two networks? Because I asked nicely and I'm spoiled rotten. Okay, it's fine. You have a better relationship with your mom than me. Only slightly. Um, <laughs> margin of error. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, we're here for, for episode three of G-Witch here. Um, all right, just Rob, this is, this, is a, this is, you know, a more action-packed. I know you talked about wanting more action, and we got more action in this one. You wanted someone playing the piano in the distance, I think. I, also, yep. And I did we get that? We got someone playing the piano. Yeah, <laughs> I got something. Yeah, some sort of piano situation. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I love piano. Actually, you know, Miorina used to play piano, but then her dad made her stop. I liked some. <laughs> yes, because she has to do other things with her hands, like pilot a mobile suit. <laughs> like pilot okay. a mobile suit. Well, she, like oh. pilot a mobile suit. Well, she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. Miorine? She's not in the piloting. She literally department. doesn't do that. She like uh, rule over people rule over all the earthnoids also doesn't do that <laughs> um okay like like fuggy be like hate her dad okay that probably yeah takes yeah what did you think of episode three guel's pride i already asked you you can't Fuck! Turn, you, I, I don't accept this reversal i was trying to use the uno reverse card um what did i think what did i think uh the the show's kind of humming along i thought there was a really cool thematic moment with guel and his father I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, the follow-up to the post-credit sequence from last week was really interesting. I didn't expect them to, to like carry that idea through so soon. And mm. um, yeah, more fun character moments. It's a it's a decent episode. We're we're kind of cooking right now. We're in the like mm -hmm. show is humming mm -hmm. right along period. Yeah, I think I I think I pretty much agree with that. I think it's kind of an unambitious episode, but that's you know what. If this is just the show we're gonna get, I'm glad we're we're getting down to it, you know, mm -hmm. because I feel like last week was trying to do stuff and not particularly blowing me away, and so I would rather they just settle into a rhythm. You know how you know this is a Gundam show is now that they settle into a rhythm, we get stuff like when people are going from one zero G area to another, they grab onto the wall like it's Zeta Gundam. Oh, oh see, I. Mm. Talk to me. That they do that. They do the classic moving, moving handrail thing. You're right. And I did. I, I like I, at first blush. I was like, oh, I love to see it. And I was like, wait, there's not a handle. There's on no this handle. Thing. They just touch it. It's weird. <sighs> they just touch it and it moves them. And it's like that wouldn't, unless there is some sort of like mag, unless they magnetize to it or mm -hmm. I don't know. It uses like static to hold you down, which seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> like I don't know how that would work. You would just like. You would get a little bit of movement, and then it, you would you would not be maintaining enough contact to stay on it. I don't think that would work. I think if it's moving constantly, like it's a conveyor belt, it's sort of like being at the airport, where if you just stand on that, that conveyor belt, it pushes you enough. Right, but if the conveyor belt was on the wall in the airport, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And I mean, you know, all of this is complicated by gravity, but yeah. also gravity is what makes it work, because gravity keeps you on it. Mm -hmm. And gravity wouldn't keep you on it in zero-g. Yeah, this is the important stuff. This is all what all I thought about in the. <laughs> this is we're not even at the theme song yet. We're in the cold open, debating the the uh, all of that. Miori is also like, yo, you have to be my groom. Let's make a deal. And you know they're lesbians because they make a pinky promise. So important to the storytelling of Witch from Mercury. We also get actually. There's a um, there's a tweet I sent you. There are a few. Uh, unfortunately, there are a few tweets I'm gonna want to talk about. Yeah, just apologies, but um. 
uh, so there was a person who was like, oh, this like there's the shot from the opening where it is sort of both of them uh, lying down. Um, yeah. With opposite orientation, right? Yeah. Um, Gay and straight. And... Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, and uh, they were like, oh, I was looking into, you know, like this this shot, which is not used very often. Uh-huh. But basically, this is um, a. Yeah. Having the two two characters facing opposite directions and spinning around each other is a uh, classic shot. Uh, mostly that has a name in, in China, which um, apologies, but it's Yuri Taijizu. Um, which, you know, Yuri is in the name, but basically, I think it basically just means the gay spiral. <laughs> Pretty much. That, um, the, the revolution thing, and, the yeah. gay spin. Yeah, and you get plenty of shots of, you know, like, I mean, one of the most classic examples people will know is that they make use of this in, uh, you know, Sailor Moon with our, our and of course, Utena, but, you know. Did you know that G-Witch, I just learned this right now, G-Witch's writer also wrote the novelization of Utena. Huh. I did not know that. Huh. Interesting. Some things are starting to make more sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, also, weird to realize that Miurine is younger than Suleta. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Because uh, Suleta acts like a 13-year-old, if not younger. Yeah. I mean, you know, she has she has some... She has some areas where she's not like that. Yeah. Right? Course, I think when she's in the mobile like, suit. Mostly, I think she acts young in the ways of social anxiety, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's not used to dealing with people or their emotions, but her own, I think she mostly has sorted um, for her age. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. Um, you do a- I, I guess Miorine is a first year, which is... I guess it's good that this has only been going on for less than a year rather than several years. Right, exactly. Yes. Uh I, I wonder if that if that age difference makes it it makes any like functional difference to the story or if it's just like you're my junior and we're not gonna confront that because you're also more like important politically than me. I think that's what they care about. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um do you wanna try to give a brief summary of the episode? Sure. Um so uh, it's time for the big duel. Mm-hmm. Um, round round two. Um, Suleta versus Gwell again to see, you know, if Suleta's getting expelled and Ariel's getting scrapped and Miorne's getting pulled from the school as well. Um, and also, you know, groom stuff. Uh, in the run-up to it, we meet a bunch of characters sort of more properly um, as Suleta is given the sort of the proper introduction to a duel this time rather than the sort of like speedrun version she had before. Um, which actually didn't make logistical sense, mm-hmm. but, you know, we can talk about that if we want to nitpick. Um, and then we get the duel, and during it, um, Gwell's dad cheats a bunch, but it's not enough, and then she wins. That's the episode. Even with, yeah, structural and every sort of type of cheating, like changing the environment, controlling his son's mobile suit with the AI and all of that, they still can't beat the power of um, being gay. Uh, so I'm happy for Suleta. Uh, I, I, again, I just feel like this arc is accelerated faster than I, I was anticipating, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the red mobile suit we saw at the end of the last episode turns out to be Guel's new mobile suit. Um, he was testing an AI program that his dad made for him, all that stuff. And then it's just like instantly paid off here. Uh, and also worth noting the final moment of the episode is because they love to end with Suleta being shocked by someone's big announcement. Uh, Guel proposes for her hand in marriage. Mm-hmm. What? what's going on i don't want to i feel like when you notice things logical inconsistencies in a show there are kind of two ways to go at it right mm-hmm. and sometimes you're like well clearly the motivations here are more complicated than i realize or you're like well they fucked up right yeah and i don't like being a well they fucked up person necessarily yeah but i don't see how they didn't fuck up Mm-hmm. In some of these instances. So, for example, one of the things we get this episode, as I mentioned, is Suleta gets called to the dueling committee and she uh, swears the, the like, does the vow and everything. And in person, they establish the stakes and all that. Yeah. Right. Correct. If you have to do that for every duel, why was Gwell surprised that Suleta wasn't that that Murine was piloting Ariel in the first duel? 
because Miorne would have had to show up for that and do that whole thing. Yeah, and they make such a big deal about like the setup and the the login process and the prep for the duel. Like, why is it shocking? Like the end. I guess because maybe he doesn't see all of that. He doesn't see the happening. Um, no, because they both had to be present. Then yeah, that's sort of like that's the way they set it up, and it's like okay, well, if you want to argue, like, well, okay, then Suleta did it. Well, clearly she has never done it before. Mm-hmm. So who did Guel do that with? Um, and it's it's a dumb little nitpick, but it feels like a as like just sort of a sign of how elements of the show feel a little rushed. Yeah, and it, it you know. Like, that's an element where it doesn't really... Like, that one, that one is a nitpick, right? That one, yeah. who actually cares? But it leads me to other examples where then I am less willing to give them grace, right? Where, like, during the duel, uh, Gwell starts to lose, and Vim goes on the comms and is, like, yelling at him, like, what are you doing? Fight harder. And it's like, he literally can't... You deactivated his controls what are you fucking you, talking yeah, yeah, about why are you mad at him i think it, i don't know what was up with that you're talking about the dad telling him to fight harder yeah because like he his dad installs a combat ai uh-huh. right and the combat ai literally seizes control of the suit and doesn't let guel pilot yeah and like if you again if you're in the grace mode you can be like oh so this is a situation where perhaps vim has a misunderstanding of how this thing works mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize how much he's screwing over his son here but that's filling in the gaps for them to their credit and i'm not willing to do that when they clearly didn't even think about how the previous duel worked <laughs> yeah i, I mean I, it felt like we 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 had to relearn certain things about the duel as if like was what was the point of that first episode cuz we're also like it's and you're just dueling well again so we're not every time i try to guess what this show is is trying to do i find myself wrong and you know it's exciting to be like okay they're actually gonna do a rematch instead of her just like slowly taking down everyone in the school but like what are the rules why does it work like this i still am not getting any of these questions answered and i don't know if the show is going to do that or if that's what they're concerned with well and you know what other show had an immediate rematch of the first duel is utena correct yeah so i mean utena's uh had the you know complicating element of Utena being like this is all bullshit why don't I just lose so I can move on with yeah. my life um, which was fucking great <laughs> um, and obviously that's not what we're doing here but I don't know I rules they matter yeah. a little yeah. bit duels. Um, I want to get to the fight though just because there is some build up to that that last that second duel and there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens mm-hmm. there uh, we mentioned the pinky swear and all of that uh, we also get some sort of uh, motivation for Suleta and like why she doesn't feel comfortable with this uh, engagement, besides the fact that she is not familiar with the concept of like two women getting engaged, uh, she says that she has a couple of goals. She said, "If I can ever go to school, I want to do four things, uh, which are make friends, call them names, study in the library, and go on dates." Which uh, you missed two. What are the other two? Uh, eat lunch on the roof, and then we later learn exchange contact. Exchange contact. That's so, it's so charming. Those are like such, and I'm also somebody who's been like, when I was younger, like, oh, I can't, I, I can't wait to like have a sleepover. And it's like, you can just have a sleepover. That doesn't have to be a life goal for you. But she has such a small worldview, it seems, because she's been so protected for a lot of her life that uh, mm-hmm. that these are like the biggest deals ever to her. And meanwhile, Miorina is like, girl, we got like bigger things going on. We got like a whole conflict we need to take care of. And like, we need to get away from my dad and all of this. And she's like, but what about going on dates? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels very caught up in like the the Japanese idea of, you know, like how people talk about like, the, like, yeah, like, like the youth experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like there are things you do in high school. And, you know, it's, I don't I think it's, it's a degree to which like, <sighs> High school is, like, mythologized in Japan, right? It is this time period where because adults have such strict control over your life, which is the part you want to forget as an adult, as that's part of it, Mm -hmm. that, like, it's like, oh, it's this time where everything made sense. Not like you become an adult and everything's complicated. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. I think if you go back and relive it, you'll find it's not necessarily great that they had that much control over your life. But, um, But, yeah, it leads to this sort of, like, you know, oh, the, the, you know, like, you have to enjoy your youth while you're young uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I don't mind it. I think it makes sense here. Like, sometimes it bothers me a little bit 
with the you know we have like you know characters in anime shouting about how like we have to do this because we're young right it's like that's that's an old person writing that yes Um, 100 but but for Suleta, it's a person who hasn't gone to school before, who has this list of things she's heard about from media she's seen, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it, it's it's for me though, it was like the college experience. It's like, oh, you got to do X and Y and Z, and like not doing those like made me really jaded for a while. But like for her, it's it's as simple as like I would like to get somebody's phone number, or I would like to exchange. And we see a sequence later where she does it. And it's this fun little mm-hmm. sci-fi thing where they like aim their phones at each other and it goes like bloop and they get contact. Uh, I just I, I find it very charming and I want I, I'm I'm really now thinking that the show is going to be in part about her simple worldview kind of like coming crashing down as the real world mm-hmm. breaks down on her. Uh, so they're setting they're, they're setting that up whether or not you think it's elegant or not or whether or not it's realistic is is yeah, it's clearly the product of like adults writing about a young Japanese person wanting to go mm-hmm. to school and stuff doing the standard school things um mm-hmm. but she believes that you can't go on dates if you're married which i mean hey there's there's ways to make that happen as we see at the end of this episode you can potentially be married to more than one person even and uh uh she she doesn't like this idea i don't think she's into I think, it i think i think i think if you'll find that if uh mercury isn't big on uh same sex relationships they have even more complicated feelings on pan relationships uh, right exactly that's going to be my guess um you know we talked a minute ago about like plots that we thought were going to be built up a certain way as of episode two um and the other huge one to me is the last big one i wanted to touch on was suleta's mom and how i was Mm. i was sure this was going to be a mystery and i'm like it's the easiest mystery in the world and apparently not only is it not a mystery to suleta it's not a mystery to literally anyone everyone's like oh that's suleta's mom she got hurt by mercury and so that's why she wears the mask but it's we all know it's suleta's mom why why do we just drop that i guess i i don't know well, I mean, I don't think that's the interesting part of the mystery. Yeah. Right. For for the people in the universe. I mean, there's the other part of the mystery, which is, you know, Prospera Mercury is really Elnora um, Samaya, mm-hmm. which, you know, we know. And as the viewer, we're supposed to know. Mm-hmm. Right. But like the thing that's interesting to me is how much do like <sighs> she was four when yeah, all of this happened and it was deeply traumatic Mm -hmm. it is entirely plausible that she does not know her name isn't suleta mercury it is entirely plausible she doesn't know that her mom's name is elnora and that she has a different natural hair color right like this has just been what her mom looks like and acts like for her entire Mm. conscious part of her life i think it's possible and but do you think then they're gonna do like some twist where she's like wait my mom is like it's a twist to her later i i don't know i don't know i can't get i can't get my finger on that yet i mm-hmm. think i think that would be slightly weird uh-huh. but i don't think it's out of it's out of play yet yeah. um i was looking at i was hoping there would be some kind of clue but uh w- during the phone call scene but her caller id just says mom which is like i mean yeah that's what normal people do that's fair <laughs> but if it said like elnora or something you'd be like oh <gasps> yeah but, you're looking you know, for answers no um yeah but even even Shadik knows the, as his father is like, hey, keep an eye on these 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 girls. Uh, this is going to be something. Sure, there. but this is just a way to get Shadik into the reverse harem. Which hey, Ugh. here's the thing. <laughs> what? So we, I guess yeah, I guess it I guess it is the case, right? I was like, is the term harem in anime? They use the term harem for when it's a bunch of a bunch of uh, female love interests. Uh, pursuing a guy mm-hmm. and reverse harem for the opposite, right? Yeah. And I was like, is there any historical, like, is there, of course, historically there is, right? Yeah. Because of heteronormativity being dominant over the course of history. But like, mm-hmm. is it in the definition of the world that that's the relationship? It's like, actually, yes. Actually, yes. Okay. Well, fair enough. You're saying it's it's in the universe relationship that they are all dating each other or going to be? I'm saying, um, no, I'm just saying, like, out of universe, in our universe, uh-huh. the term harem definitionally means a group of women going after a guy. Really? Okay. Yes, it doesn't just say a group of people going after a single individual. It is specifically the female to male is is the definition. Oh, God, this show's so weird. These are not things I expected to be covering when we would say we're going to do a Gundam show. Why are we talking <laughs> about the history of harems? I, my research wasn't prepped for this. I'm, like, ready for a war show and... 
fucking all that stuff. And instead, we're getting kids who hate their parents and are all dating each other. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Do you like it? Uh, are you enjoying it overall? You can say no. The show or the harem stuff? I mean, I'm enjoying the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Six and no- notorious, literally infamous asexual. Uh, what do you about? What do you think about the I, idea of a harem in a Gundam show? I I mean, I think you're allowed. It is a. I mean, it's the fucking light novel method. If they're using it as the light novel technique of like hyping up a protagonist as being so cool and sexy, yeah, and then to have a canon ending anyway, mm-hmm. it's like okay. I mean that like is kind of dorky and clumsy, yep. right? It's kind of like wish fulfillmenty but like okay sure i get it i watch enough anime that i have made my peace with this right yeah. but if we're really doing like love hina i don't know mm. man yeah <laughs> if we have like like suleta goes to at you know ask Gwell about the next duel and he steps in and he's naked and she says <laughs> he says baka and throws a book at her i don't know yep. man yep 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 <laughs> super strange uh too hard too early to tell um, but yeah, we already are up to what four love interests, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, well, we're getting there. If you include, uh, what's your face? Who are you including when you say four? I'm saying Miorene. Yep. I'm saying Gwell. Those yep. two are pretty much inarguable. Yep. I'm saying Elon. Yep. Because he's weird. Elon. Yeah. And then I'm saying, uh, fucking Nika. Oh God damn it! No, no. Um. She feels like best friend coded to me. Um, Zell, ah, boy. Shadik? The Z boy with. Shadik, yes. His, his last name is like Zell. Shadik Zanelli. Yeah. yeah. Who, yes. Um, I'm counting him because one, his dad specifically orders him to, you know, look into her. And then the way he decides to do that is by flirting with her yeah. and almost kissing her hand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. This is like. He is enough of a womanizer character that you could easily brush that off, but the yeah. context is such that it's clear, like, well, this is how everyone else is going. <laughs> so, I, I just say- gosh, looking at the art of him, yeah. his forehead is so big. <laughs> it is. It's big. It, it feels like it feels like there are just a couple too many inches to his head. I want my I want my MO characters to look like him. Actually, it's pretty. It's a good. It's a strong. It's the big pants for me. That's what does it. You just want more outfits, like, okay, there's, like, you play Final Fantasy fourteen, and yeah. there's an option to, like, toggle the visor on a lot of helmets. Uh-huh. There should be an option to toggle, toggle the buttons on the shirt. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, business in the front, party time, party time mode. Uh, this page I sent you, by the way, has, like, bios for every, every main character, which is very, very helpful in case mm-hmm. you forget. That's why I was like, oh, we all know Nia. Nina? What's her name? <laughs> Nika. <laughs> Uh, one of the things, though, that is is um, a bit of a problem with this page is that it is very literal transliteration, and these are not always the translations. They In the I forget where there was an, there was right there was an example where it's like, okay, this is not the name you went with. Though I guess actually that example became more complicated because there is Cecilia, who was spelled like the normal you know Earth name Cecilia last episode, and now is. S E C E L I A, yeah, which is what they go with here. So maybe they were like, "Oh, we just assumed it was this name, but I guess we're gonna Gundamize it." So she's I know, maybe I should just be going by the names from here. She's the next person in my notes. She's so cute. I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> yeah, she's I I didn't like it wasn't my dominant thought, but on my second watch, taking notes because I what I do is I watch it once, just watch it, and then a second time I go through pausing to take notes mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I was like, this is. Alan likes this character. I, I, I can tell. I, she's got kind of a like. I don't think she literally has a fangy, uh, which for those listeners of the hunters and Johto Quorum is when somebody has one fang out of one side of their mouth. Uh, but she has the energy of a fangy, which is fantastic. She has. I feel like she has the more serious anime version of the fangy, which is like the overhangy. You, where you can always see her top row of teeth. <laughs> no matter how she smiles, yeah. It's she's she's cool. She's very sarcastic and snide. I like that about her. She's got the snark, um, mm-hmm. and she's interested in this duel. She's like, huh? Seems like it'll be interesting. Probably. I don't care who wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then we get the setup for the duel, which again, uh, that weird guy is the dueling like advisor guy who starts the actual fight. Um, 
and Guel asks her rematch. Elon. Elon. I don't want to say Elon because it feels weird. This is not. This is not a weird reference. Uh, they have a really weird school bell, by the way. Speaking of like sound design, people keep praising the music of this show, including me. Um, the school mm-hmm. bell when like Hey a Duel is about to happen is very good. I just noted that here. Um, yeah. But we set up the duel, which you know Guel is doing this because he wants to prove himself to his dad and prove himself to Miorine and like do what he's supposed to do. And very quickly he realizes that this duel is not in his hands, uh, quite literally. Uh, the first thing that he realizes is uh, his suit is being partially and then basically fully controlled by his dad and the AI. Uh, it's mm-hmm. guiding his moves. It's throwing his cool green spear. It's doing all of this. He's literally like, this is the tragedy of this part is, you know, I just wanted to prove myself and they won't even let me try to prove myself because it's too much of a risk. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right. That I actually kind of sympathize with him a little tiny bit. Um, but then the other mechanical thing that I thought was cool was his dad turns on the water on the like the the sprinklers basically. Uh mm-hmm. which as people who love Gundam mechanical stuff, uh we learn it it's so cool that it dissipates beam sabers and beam rifles. Uh so so let us usual tactic well, the of like beam running sabers and seem fine. Yeah, it's the rifle. Mm-hmm. Because it and so dissipates that's, over distance. Yeah. It's interesting because at first I was like, oh, okay, so this is like specifically, I mean, it is specifically a counter aerial technique, Mm -hmm. right? And that is true, but it's not as true as I thought because my first impression was like, oh, because like everything she does is a beam attack, right? Um, But that's true for for Gwell's new machine, the Daryl Blade as well. It's Mm -hmm. just that it's mostly beam blades, which I guess if we're, if we were using UC logic, the logic would be that the beam, the difference between a beam saber and a beam rifle is that it's a beam that is contained within an eye field. This is not UC, but I assume there is some sort of similar like assumption where it's like, well, but this is contained within a field that repels the rain. So it's not a problem. So you don't just see the beam saber shrink in her hands or something. Right. I was thinking Which would be that. very cute. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, here I come. Hi. Oh, and it like bounces off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, you know, it does play to the Daryl Blades advantage because while uh, Ariel it has a bunch of like, you know, has the beam rifle and then a bunch of like beam bits, you know, the mm-hmm. I think they're called like staff bits or something like I that. So. Um, the Daryl Blade has a big um, double-ended halberd and then like sword bits yeah so um which it then attaches to its cutoff arms to turn them into wrist blades which is very sick it really is um i i actually watched this episode with uh my roommate who has never seen any gundam stuff before and they're they're pretty much on board they were like i want to watch the rest of the series with you in part because of this duel and they were like it's really interesting how like the environment can affect the fight and and all that Mm -hmm. which i was Mm -hmm. i was happy that we got an episode with a fight and not like just let's talk about tomatoes and lesbianism because i don't think that would have appealed to him necessarily um my roommate is like tragically very straight you know but um Mm -hmm. how does suleta end up winning this duel can you do you remember how it, it turns around I mean, I think it's two things, really. And one of them, the, the the show doesn't really put a spotlight on, but I think is really, uh, I don't know. So the first is just the rain gets turned off so she her, so Ariel can, can fight to its again. full potential again, yeah. right? Um, but another thing is there's a key moment where she gets a really good hit that then everyone in the show immediately is like, ah, but it doesn't really matter and I don't know why because I feel like it really mattered. Um, she basically, like walks into a moment of bad AI, right? Where, yeah. like, Gwell is in the cockpit, pounding the cockpit and being like, why have you stopped moving? Because the AI has just decided to stand there as Ariel shoots a big attack. Um, and it loses a bunch of its, like, it loses its, like, shield bits and stuff from that, right? Yeah. Um, And it felt, it rem- gave me such, like, it gave me such video game vibes, right? Yeah, like you found a lax Where, like, or something. <laughs> Well, like the AI, like, you know, you're you're playing a fighting game oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, if I just jump forward and heavy kick, for whatever reason, this like hard difficulty AI just will never block it. Mm-hmm. Weird. Because <laughs> um, it's just like this super obvious like, huh, well, it seems like it's just a hole in its programming here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very 101 like you human ingenuity can always beat an AI. But the way that they depict that is the AI is occasionally just stupid. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. like it's it, there's something higher level than that. It just literally it cannot keep up with her pace. 
and stops working, mm-hmm. which leads to her cutting his his uh, antenna off. I do, by the way, we didn't. Say, I don't know if we said this before, but the fact that you have to win by breaking the antenna is really cool, um, and means that we're always going to get some sort of antenna on all of the mobile suits, which I enjoy. Uh, mm-hmm. Not antenna, but like in this case, it's like his little four horn forehead horn. But yeah. I think I mentioned it last time, but I feel like I feel like this is like partially a move to make it so you can't use the trainers for a duel to gatekeep that because they don't have antennas. Oh, sure. Um, that makes sense. But also it's that so everyone has to have a fancy ace custom, you know, of course. Yes. Um, yes. Which to that end, this is like I I I understand this moment, of course, but when the duel is about to start. Uh, Vim Jedirk, uh, Gwell's dad, mm-hmm. is marching in, and uh, Gwell's brother is like, "Dad, you really you can't do this. Duels are for students only." And she's he's like, "Shut up! This is company business." And like, obviously, he's just saying whatever whatever will get him in the room. But like, every duel is company business. This is literally yeah. the point. It's a company school. The whole dude. point of this. It's it's a company school where duels are used to like decide advantages for companies that's the whole point of the system and so like you know he's just like saying something to shove his his son aside but it's like i mean okay but then by that logic there should always be a dad in the room fucking like paying someone to you know break the rules well i think that's the that's the exactly the tragedy of this is the kids are led to believe if you train hard enough and you're good enough on pure skill and practice then you don't need your parents that's how you get you find your independence here and Guel is being hit with the reality of like you're just not good enough. You by yourself, and your dad doesn't even trust you to try. Maybe you could try, because the dad like comes on his comms and is like, "You need to fucking win." Prove he literally says like, "Prove to me that you're worthy and win this fight." And he's like, "Dad, do you not believe I can do this on my own?" And he's like, "We can't afford to find out," which is so sad. But yeah, it's the kids believing that this isn't all planned by the company when in reality it all super is. Well, and so how like. Do you think, like, it is easy to imagine that next episode shit goes really bad for Vim, right? Yeah. Because let's look at let's look at what's happened here, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, this duel is happening at all because he was the one who took Lady Prospera's side in the inquiry, right? Because she was blackmailing him. We learned here, which is like, yeah, I mean, you could kind of assume, yeah. But like, yeah, okay, no shocker sure. there. Um, but I'm sure Delling is not very happy about that. Then he loses the duel. That's already reason enough for Delling to be super pissed. But mm-hmm. also, if they do any investigation, it's also because this duel, which is which Delling has established to like test the capability of the scions of these companies and the power of their machines, has been sabotaged on multiple levels. First, the capabilities by turning on sprinklers, and then the scion by installing an AI that controls the mobile suit for him. If I were Delling, I'd be like, you have completely sabotaged everything I was trying to do with these duels. You're in the fucking doghouse mm-hmm. for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, But also, villains get away with a lot when the show just wants villains to hang around. So maybe nothing will happen to him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that I, I personally don't think that this will have consequence for at least a little while. Because mm. now we're going to set up probably Shadik or something as the next like just big opponent. They can't do another rematch or deal with Guel right now. Yeah. The other thing is it feels like really early, like episode three is really early for one of these shows to establish the like, oh, but you can just install an AI and it'll fight yeah. incredibly well for you. I thought you were going to say it's really That's early like to a... cheat also. Yeah, but we're saying the same thing there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I mean, like even like other shows that do this, I mean, like you think about mobile dolls, they're a second half of Gundam Wing thing. And... I would argue, and I think a lot of people would agree, they're also around for too fucking long. Yeah. Right? right. They should have introduced them later. Um, or, like, when you have the, like, oh, here's the special, like, I mean, even other Gundam series, you look at, like, uh, Build Fighters. Um, quick spoiler warning for Build Fighters. Skip forward, like, 30 seconds. You have, at the end of Build Fighters, they have the AI visor that possesses people. Right. And that's only done for, like, the last two or three fights of the series. This is the thing you tuck in at the very end. Um, and introducing it this early feels like it could really cause a lot of complications they don't want. Exactly. It's, and it's going to, 
but like mm-hmm. the, I don't I, I I think this show is like barreling forward to the point where maybe it only it only becomes an issue for an, an episode or two or it expands in scope like I keep predicting and it's like oh there's a bunch of AI controlled suits a la mobile dolls um who could say I, I guess the thing I'm worried about though is just like you know maybe this is only a problem for me who does this sort of thing right yeah. but there'll be a part of my brain in future duels who are who's just like why don't you also have an AI though yeah, at that point. Why why doesn't every machine have an AI? <laughs> yeah. And then if they do, it's like, well, then every fight becomes the same beat of like how do you overpower the AI and make the human have to take control exactly. because this is a battle of wills or something. I don't know. It gets messy really fast. Uh when mm-hmm. you introduce AI mm-hmm. to this kind of thing. So I don't know how they're going to handle that. But um yeah, so little wins, she uh gets excited and calls uh, Miorne. She's like, "Didn't I do great, Mio Mio?" And Miorne is like, "The fuck did you just call me?" And she's like, well, okay, there's actually another thing on my list of things I want to do in school, which is make a nickname for a friend. And she's like, not that one, bud. <laughs> Try again. Uh, no deal. No deal. Uh, she is very charming. She does the fucking uwu finger pointing thing, which I'm like, please do not turn Suleta into like an uwu girl. It's getting annoying if you do it too much. Um, and then she gets really excited because she gets all these, like she's fucking Shinji in, in Evangelion. Uh, she gets all of these emails that say congratulations, and Miorini's like, God damn it, I didn't turn on the spam filter. She should only have contacts being able to text her. Because everybody who can possibly access her who's watching this fight is like, congrats, congrats, you did it. It's like, she thinks she's the most popular girl in the world. Suleta um, has the energy of somebody who would be like, oh my god, Miorini, I, need, I need your help. She's like, what's up? Well, there's a Nigerian prince, and he needs me to wire him $8,000. <laughs> yeah oh god girl you're doing your best and then uh yeah Goal gets out gets on one knee and uh in front of the mobile suit again exactly like episode one asks her will you marry me and you know the the sequence here is pretty you know like if you're if you're trying to pay attention at all you're going to catch this this isn't going to be one of those moments where like six has the great insight that like oh man we better post this one to twitter (laughs) but like if you look at the sequence he's drawn the same as ever right and she comes out and she's like uh sorry uh i feel like i underestimated you and he's like yeah sure whatever say whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. and then she says you were really strong and he blinks and when he opens his eyes again his eyes open wider than we've ever seen them and also because of that they're letting in more light and they're more reflective yeah. But also to go along with that, his whole face lights up. Yeah. And so it's this moment of like, oh, for the first time, someone is appreciating me not just for winning a thing. But he's seeing he's seeing her for the first time. Um, And this is, of course, what leads him to propose marriage is like, wow, if someone can possibly be, ni- be nice to me when I'm not just getting something for them, I need to marry you. And you're like, oh, well, oh, you had a hard life. My it, man. it is like that's a sorry. That's a great read, though. Like, how depressing is it that like as soon as somebody's remotely kind to him, he's like, this is the one because he's not used to experiencing that kind of kindness in his life at all. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's used to everyone being a Cecilia, right? Which is like when you're winning, she'll suck up to you. And as soon as you start to lose, she's like, mm, I guess I need to dump this stock, right? Mm-hmm. Do we think they're going to actually do something with this? I mean, they have to. I think they'll I think they'll do something with it. I want to know if they'll do the thing I want them to do or if they'll do the easy thing. Um, I'm going to guess they'll do the easy thing, which is just that he'll be sort of like a low-key a love interest for the rest of the show. Um, yeah. But what I want is for there to be an arc where... I, I mean, I don't think Suleta's smart enough to know, like, has I, I used to say, I don't think she has enough experience to know this right away, but I would like an arc where Gwell figures out with someone else's help, like, sweetie, this isn't love. This is realizing that people cannot treat you like dirt all right. the time. Oh, God. Yeah. It do be like that. So, yeah. Did you, did um, you catch the name of next episode, by the way? Uh, yes, unseen trap. Which you know, I'm, sure. I'm not going to say that's the only kind of trap. I've played enough D and D. You see traps sometimes. So you, you know, roll. You, you're like, okay, DM, can I take twenty on this one yeah. to defuse? You know, to disarm it. But like, uh, you know, okay. All right. I, that show's finally. I, I think it took me three episodes to feel the groove, and you know, I'm no longer like, okay, when are we going to get to war? It's like, all right, this is fine. We do like a duel a week. We uh, flirt with each other in like queer baby ways, and then we. Um, Someone proposes. That's fine. I'll take that for a few more weeks. I mean, like, there's 
there's a thing that they gave away on the, the site that you linked me. Uh-huh. Um, one of the bios gives away basically what a future app will be, yeah. um, along with some other information they released. There's going to be a duel at Choo Choo. So. Oh, fun. Apparently she uses like an outdated machine that's been customized to be a sniper, which sounds pretty cool. sick. Um, so Maybe that's next? Yeah. I don't think it would be next. I feel like, you know, that doesn't seem like it. I don't think there's anything about Choo Choo that screams unseen trap to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perhaps I should say chewatory pan lunch. Excuse me. No manners. Um, That's such a but, dumb name. I think it's Shadik next. <laughs> Based on the pacing, I think um, it's Shadik next. Or, I mean, maybe they could make a huge pivot and do uh, what's his face? Series. Elon. Sorry. Elon series. <laughs> Elon. I'm not. Don't I, see Elon, please. Elon Musk series. Just, just emphasize that A. Elon. Just emphasize that A for me. Uh, you got to do this for me because I like him okay. Yeah, he seems fine. I, uh, and do, do, do I like him okay because he only has one facial expression? Yes. He's got RBF. Listen. He's got a huge RBF. Any Anytime I see an anime character who is not inherently super awful and but has RBF, yeah. I just, I relate so much. Yeah. So yep. it's, it's inevitable. It's like gravity. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I have a couple of, of stray notes since we're at the, the end of the episode to sort of double sure. back and, and mention here. Um, one of them is just, so during the duel, when Suleta starts to take the momentum back, we do get a shot to the sort of the, the, um, who are clearly going to be the homies, right? Mm-hmm. Like Chuatori and Nico and, and her, her whole gang, right? Um, and Chuchu shouts, blow the Spacian away. And a boy behind her says, she's not from Earth either. Or in Japanese, I, he says, basically, I think she's actually from Mercury, right? Which, okay. So this is not Earthnoid versus Spacenoid because it's not Earth versus space colonies. We are clearly, like, are there even space colonies that people live on? There's clearly this space colony, but it's not like a, it's not a city, right? Mm -hmm. So are there residential space colonies? Is it all planetary colonies? Or is it like, are we grouping, you're either on Earth or you're not? Is it Earth versus all? Or is there a third term? So it's like Earthian, Spacian, and then like Deep Spacian or whatever the fuck? Like, just something I was curious about. Well, they cl- clearly, mm, I guess they don't, well, I mean, she doesn't say that she's a Spacian, but it, like the, the statement implies that a, a Mercurian would be considered a Spacian. Mm, that's a good point. So. Anywhere that's not Earth. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the reveal that the sprinklers were sabotaged by the two bitchy girls. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I had one that was actually worth talking about. No, actually, I didn't. Oh. Never mind. I'm wrong. <laughs> I had that in my memory. And what I actually had was how much I loved Suleta doing the, like, exaggerated baseball safe. <laughs> <laughs> She's just lovable, uh, telling you. Yeah. Listen, you, you, make a, you make a baseball reference about the fact that you're not going to get thrown out of school. Mm-hmm. And uh, Six is listen, like, that's the key to my heart. Right, exactly. I know that's really hard criteria to fit, but... <laughs> You cracked through the the iron the platinum casing surrounding Six's heart, and you got inside a little bit. Yeah, very good. Very good. Also, we get an offhanded comment between Gwell and his brother uh, about how Gwell is trying to be the ace of Dominicus. Yeah, sometimes you can just What's say Dominicus? words. <laughs> you can just say words, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I googled Ace of Dominicus, I... and I got something from Gundam Breaker Three. Oh, is he? Because they put those characters in there, right? Like they put WFM characters are in Gundam Breaker. No, Gundam Breaker is a PS4 game that's been okay. hasn't been updated is, in ages. This is not Gundam Breaker three. This is the mobile, the like mobile phone Gundam Breaker game, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, builds Guel's mobile suit, and the quote is, "I'm the future Ace of Dominicus." So this is something he says. We don't know. Oh, you know what? The Gundam Breaker mobile is, I think, called Breaker Three on in Japan. In Japan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm looking, I looked into it and uh, Dominicus or the Dominicos Corps is a faction from the prologue, um, which I believe are the people who were the, you remember when there's the mobile suits that are dispatched against um, 
Ox Earth. Oh yeah. I think it's them. There that's like there's uh Catharedra or whatever the fuck who are the who are the like the actual boots on the grounds. And then there is Dominicus who are the mobile suit division. I huh. Think. Okay, look at us. Look at us doing the research and paying attention. I gotta rewatch the prologue again and write down every proper noun. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very good catch six. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> um, mm. So at this point, it's just tweets. Yeah. Right? Give me a couple. Um, okay. So one of them is we have a, a tweet, uh translated tweet here about a permit, which we've heard mentioned a bunch. Yep. Uh, permit is an element found in minerals unevenly distributed within the solar system. One of its characteristics is sharing information among individual permit, and a wide range of technology was developed by interfusing and controlling the permit with raw materials and propellant. Body function expansion technology that allows an influx of permit into the human body is considered the foundation for advancing into outer space. Whoa. Permit, P-E-R-M-E-T, by the way. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. Uh, and then one more, which is um, something you probably didn't wonder about because it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. but student ID numbers. Yeah, they asked Siletta to say her student ID numbers, like LX1401 or something. So this is uh, it's LP041, which is interesting. Um, oh. One of the things I like is that before they announced this, someone reverse engineered it. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. I was like, damn, that's good shit. So, so first letter is your year. If you are cur- if you are of the current class, K is third year, second year is L, first year is M. Oh. So presumably we've had the rest of the alphabet up until now in in previous classes. This tells us how far into the life of this school we are. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, the second letter is your department, P piloting, S strategic management, or M mechanics. Okay. And then just your identification number. Um, people were, some people were like, oh, it must be your rank. And it's like, well, no, because she's students. 041 and that doesn't change when she won. So that's interesting yeah. though. But that's fun that people yeah. can reverse. That's, I mean, Gundam fans, dedication. You can reverse engineer anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, assuming there's a logic, which there is. So yeah. Right. Exactly. That's great. It's like when I read Bionicle back in the day and I looked up the alphabet and would write journal entries in my little elementary school journal in the <laughs> Bionicle language because I learned it. It's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's like a cipher. Anyways, just wanted to embarrass myself uh, a little and bit. And then um, I guess the only other thing is that we have a if – you, if you're watching on Crunchyroll at least, um, after you finish the episode, it sort of stops and cuts to sort of like an ending piece of art. Which is a very striking piece of art of Gwell and the Daryl Blade by uh, artist Kuri um, at Kuri underscore GAP on Twitter, um, who is not a Gundam artist. They're an artist who does other stuff. And I don't know if it's like, oh, they, what I assume is basically just that they commissioned other artists to do some of these ending splash arts. Um, and it looks sick. I love it. But like, uh, yeah, like if you look at their bio, they work on they've worked on like uh, the saga of Tanya the Evil, hmm. um, which is an isekai, and is currently working on some Soul Eater stuff, um, and then just some other random things. The, the one from last week not... with Miurine and Salada looking at each other is one of my desktop backgrounds now. They're really good. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? Just commission random artists to draw cool things for you. It's great. If I had more money, I would do this all the time. I'm almost yeah right. I'm almost positive another. I saw another anime do this where the end card is like some is commissioned art. I don't remember what show it was. Maybe sure, that makes sense. Mops. I was just looking at Mop Psycho. I don't think it's Mop Psycho. Something like that. Anyways, it's cool. Uh, the uh, only other note. I will have one final note here before I shut up. I promise. Okay. Um, the Daro Blade, the HG has purple beam saber effects that you can use and we didn't get to see those and i'm curious because purple is a great beam color i used to always say before i watched um episode three that my ideal lightsaber color would be purple but then i was like i don't want to take mace windows he gets to have that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now it's white he also gets to have a fall to his death you know yeah listen wouldn't we all like that the fate of a window man All right, you got any other spare notes you wanna you wanna touch up or? No, I just sent you a picture of Tanya the Evil because she makes a fun gremlin face. 
That seemed kind of You fun. did. You did. Unfortunately, the thing about Tanya the Evil is it's an isekai about, like, what if you got isekai'd into a world where you were, a fu- like, a 10-year-old working for the Nazis and you loved it? I could immediately um, tell from the art that that's what it was about. <laughs> I, I totally guessed that. Ugh. Yeah. Um, not my favorite pitch in the world. Uh, uh. You're cooking your way up to an isekai, full-time isekai podcast. Uh, Please well, no, if you listen to the latest episode of Oops All Anime, you may have heard some things. Uh-oh. But, uh, until next time, folks, I think we're, we're going to wrap here. Um, yeah, thank you, as always, to, to Alan for being the rock to my other rock. See, I stole your thing. Oh. The rock to my Dwayne Johnson. And thank you, Six, for being anything? the Suleta. Wait, for being the Miorine to my Suleta. We're not at all married, but we are good friends. And people are creating a lot of really inappropriate fan art about oh, us. Oh, God, but, constantly. Six can be found at Six Detmar on Twitter, by the way. And if you can check out patreon.com slash Scanline Media, which I think this is on, then... Uh, yeah, this is on, on Scanline Media and uh, scanlinemedia.com and patreon.com slash Scanline Media. I just go ahead and double post it. Double whatever. posted. We love to see that. And uh, I can be found not on Twitter, but on other podcasts called Chats, a television podcast, C-H-A-T-Z colon, a television podcast. Now, see, this is this is Alan being very like, like sort of like shy and respectful and not willing to commit, because basically what we just did is that we did the thing couples do where they like hook the arms and pour champagne into each other's mouth. Uh-huh. Only Alan took both glasses <laughs> and poured into mine and poured into their own. <laughs> Didn't let me do the plug for them. Because you didn't, you didn't even start the plug zone, so I was punishing you by doing the whole plug zone myself. <laughs> Just That's holding two champagne image, glasses. Way, of me taking the, doing the glasses thing, but drinking <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. We gotta, like, we gotta do. Okay, we gotta commission the Suleta fan, Suleta Murray yep, fan yep. art, where they're hooking the arms, and yeah, yeah, that's that's the shot. Um, but until next time, folks. Peace out. Bye-bye.